Welcome to the sermon podcast of Damascus Road Church. For more information about Damascus Road Church, go to damascusroadonline.com. We, uh, as you heard last week, we are starting a new series called Grow. How many of you are familiar with it so far? Okay, so all of you went online and downloaded the packet, right? Yes, this right here. This right here, this is the hard copy of the also digital version of the pack. Second Peter 3 says this in verse 17, Take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is what we as the elders have been praying about how do we serve Damascus Road well, and we believe that at this time, heading into a season where Easter is right on our heels, and we remember Christ's resurrection and defeat of Satan, sin, and death, right? As we head into that season, we want to position our hearts ready to receive whatever God has for us, and so we want to put some guidelines in place, suggestions, if you will, for how we as a body can grow in grace, can mature in our relationship with Christ, can deepen that which God has already done for us, and so we want to focus as a corporate body and individually to do this. We want to do this well, right? Because we don't want to just play games, right? God sent his son for us, and he died for us, and we're going to celebrate his resurrection. That is something that's worthy of us living with intentionality for, okay? So we've prayed about this. We did this last year. We want to do it again. We really want you guys to take take part in it, okay? Um, the, when we're when we're praying about these kind of things, when we're putting this stuff together, we're picturing you in our minds. And how can we best serve you? How can you grow in the grace of now? That's an exciting thing to think about, right? Growing in grace. Think about that. We want to deepen what God's already done. Okay, so over the next six weeks, we're going to be going over this with you. This packet, which is available in hard copy, correct, Cheryl, on the back? This is available in hard copy on the back. Okay, grab it. It's also on our website. There's also going to be daily devotionals on our Facebook page so that you can follow along. Okay, this isn't intended to be a weight on your back or a task for you to do with, right? It's not intended to be that. It's intended for us to, hey, hey, how can we come beside you, learn with you, and point you towards Jesus so we can all grow together? Okay, we're very excited about it. And here's the things that we're talking about. Today, I'm going to be teaching on we, because of what God has done, we read our Bibles and we pray. You're going to see a pattern. The following week is, because God laid his life down for us, we are on mission. Okay? And we're going to study that. In this, in this study guide, it's all, everything that week is about that statement. The following week, because God made us family, we pursue community. The following, because God is generous, we give. And because God is at work, we serve. So you'll notice the pattern here. It's all in response to what God has already done for us. Because God did this, we respond like this. Okay? And it's possible, if not already happening, that without intentionality on our behalf, we're going to drift. And we're not going to grow. If you don't plant, if you don't build into something, and you don't water it, and you don't feed it, it's going to die. We don't want that for anybody. We want to grow. Okay? So because of what God has done, we want to grow. That's what we want for you as the body as well. 
So track with us, follow along with us. We want you to do this with us. We want you to do it in your homes. We want you to do it with your family, with your community groups. This, if you, if, and we're going to talk about this later on as I dive into it. If you're not great at studying scripture and it's not a spiritual discipline that you really excel in, this is a really easy, practical way for you to just wrap your head around. Hey, I don't know where to start. Start right here. Okay? It's pretty, pretty easy. I love when the things that I didn't mean to be funny are funny. It's like, all right, sweet. I want to read where we're going today, and I'll tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to read a portion of a psalm, and then we're going to have a testimony from someone in our body share about their perspective, what God's done to them in the area of studying Scripture. And so next week, we're going to have the same thing around the area of mission. Someone from the body is going to speak, right? If you guys remember the Christmas Eve service, it was really powerful. How many was that? How many people were at the Christmas Eve service, by the way? Okay, so a number of us in the room were there. It's very powerful for us to hear from people what God is doing in their life and what he's already done. Because we can sit and say, oh man, that's so awesome that God did that in their life. That's very similar to what God's doing in my life, right? Christianity sometimes can be an avoidance of isolation. We want to isolate sometimes. Oh, we want to do this thing by ourselves. No, we want to do it with people. So we're going to have a person from the body each week share their testimony around the thing that we're studying, okay? I want to read this psalm and kick it off, and I'll tell you where we're headed. So, if you have your Bibles with you, you can open up to Psalm 119. I, we don't have them on the screen, and there was a hiccup. I emailed myself last night to Dave, and I don't know what happened. With, I'm not kidding. So, I was actually feeling really on the ball for getting all my stuff in early, and I, it's not there. So, but I think this, here, how great is this? We're, stu- we're talking about studying scripture together. If you have your Bibles, you can study Scripture with us and not just look up on the screen. You can actually open them up if you have them, and we'll dive in together, okay? So I'm going to read from Psalm 119. This is David talking about the law, talking about Scripture as we head into a time where we want to study Scripture and see the importance of why we study Scripture and why we pray. We're going to kick it off with this. Psalm 119, verse 97 through 104. How I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies for they are ever with me. I have more insight than my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path, so that I may obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate every wrong I'm going to open up in prayer here. God, thank you for the opportunity for us to get together, study scripture here as a community. We ask that you would speak to us specifically. Thank you that you've already spoken to us with your word. Thank you that you want to hear from us. And I pray that you would speak to us in a new way. God, I pray that if people have had a hard time understanding scripture in the past, that you would bring insight, that you would bring um, discernment, and that you would just, that you would Bless us with your presence and speak to us today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to ask my friend, James Griffin, to come up. He's going to share his testimony around Scripture and prayer. Do you have a mic? All right. Part of the reason, the main reason that he speaks, the, the main reason that God communicates to us in his word is to foster relationships. When God calls Abraham out of, out of his homeland, he says, get up and leave your homeland and come, come to the land that I'm going to show you. 
When God speaks, he's calling us into relationship with him. When Jesus comes to this world, he says, he starts preaching and he says, repent. That's a relational term. Turn from what you used to worship. Turn from what you used to trust in. Turn from what you used to follow. Repent, turn, and follow me. Believe in me. Trust in me. Listen to me. Obey me. And we can hear these things like they're, they're commandments, like they're, like they're, a, like Tony talked about, a heavy burden. Or we can receive them for what they are as an invitation. It's a summons. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the light. Come to me. So in God's word, we have the welcome. We have, we have like an open invitation to be his people. And so, um, yeah, one of the ways, one of the responses that he's trying to elicit from us, like when God communicates, when anyone communicates, they're communicating towards an end to get a response. And when one of the things that God is trying to get a response from us is to be in relationship with him, and one of the ways that we can respond in that relationship is through prayer. So when I pray, typically, I pray very early in the morning. I'm not fully awake. I'm not that bright at that hour of the day. So I typically just read the Psalms. I read through the Psalms. And the Psalms are parts of the scriptures where, where we see what it is to talk back to God in a respectful way. Put it that way. There's lots of things that, that, that David and the other Psalm writers experience. They experience joy. They experience triumph. They experience loss and, and grief and depression, and and all these things. And it's it's like, how do you take all the things that go on in life, all the hurts, all the triumphs, all the trials, what do you do with those? And it's instructive because we see all the things that can consist, uh, or that, that our prayer can consist of. Thanksgiving, praise, and, and joy, or grief, and lament, and protest, all these things. It's legit for the children of God to, to, to speak back to him that way. And that's what he wants us to do. He doesn't just put his word out there so we could look at it from a distance and say that's some interesting information. It's meant to be relational. It's meant to draw us into relationship with him. And I will admit, I will candidly admit that a lot of this stuff is, is difficult. It's hard. It's ancient. It's strange. It's foreign. And, and some of it is very hard, very hard to appreciate. But I'm going to share one little scripture. I'm going to close with this one little scripture that I think sums it up and is encouraging to me. It's in John chapter 6. When Jesus is, is he finishes up giving a very, very hard message. He's kind of chiding people and, and kind of giving them a hard time because he knows that they're just, they're, they're trying to get something from him. He's, he's making bread multiply. He's like, you're just coming at me because you want bread. And he says some hard words to people. And it says in, in John chapter 6, after this, many, is, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, do you want to go away as well? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. So, 
in all my struggles to understand the Bible and my struggles to believe what's in there, my struggles to obey what's in there, and, and the fact that it's, it's hard and sometimes it's strange and sometimes it doesn't, it's, it's a challenge at times. It is. That's true. But at the end of the day, where else am I going to go to? Nobody else has got words like this. No one else has got words that are so solid, so truthful, that no one has this. Twitter and Facebook do not have this. You know, uh, Rush Limbaugh and Bill Maher do not have words like this. Because where else can we go to? So this, that's been um, the one thing that it, in, a, in a life where it's easy to become bewildered and completely disoriented and, and things are challenging and confusing, I always feel like I can come back to this. This is refreshing. This is steadfast. God is hes committed to his word. He doesn't, he doesn't double talk. When he says something, he means it. And I appreciate that even if I don't always like what it says. I can appreciate the fact that he's telling the truth and he's not going to waver on it, you know? So that's been some of my experience. And I, I would commend you as, as we go into this, this season of studying God's word together. Um, especially if you have no background or no, or no history with coming to the Bible. Um, this was a good time to, to, to do this together. So thanks, Tony. That was, might have been a long five minutes, but appreciate it. So last night when I was going over this stuff, uh, my notes with Pearson, I typically, um, I know that I'm prone towards disorganization. I understand that, Kevin. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, and so I tend to, if I'm going to teach, since I don't teach every week, I tend to overcrowd the message, right? And I put too much stuff in there. And I was kind of rifling stuff through last night with Kirsten. I'm like, man, remember when Jesus was talking to the disciples? I want to share this, but I got so much stuff. Jesus was talking to the disciples, and a bunch of them walked away, and Peter says, where are we going to go? You have the words of life. And James comes and drops that right now. You know why that happens? That's not coincidence. That's because the Word of God is living and active. Right? Amen? That's no coincidence. God is at work. He is at work. So we're about to dive in here. So here's where we're going. We're answering this question. Why do we pray? And why do we read the Bible? Right? And James hit on a number of things here. Um, so I'm going to dive right in. The psalmist, right away, the first thing I read, David says, Oh, how I love your law. Right? Now, if we say that, about anything other than Scripture, no one would ever say that. Oh, I love the law. No one, unless you're a weird attorney or something. And maybe there's a few of those, probably not any in here. Um, you know, and if you do, the only reason you do that is just so you can make money interpreting the law. Anyway, but no one says I love the law, right? Here David is looking at the Scriptures and saying, I love the law. And when I read through that, I was going to read just the first verse, but I wanted to read the first, you know, a little chunk there. So we can get the idea, because it does this. It's like honey on my lips. It's better than this. I'm more wise than my elders. I, You know, boom. We have at our disposal with Scripture something unlike anything else in that doesn't matter where you come from, where you've been, how old you are, how young you are. It's all the same. This is God's Word, and it's alive, and, it's, and He's speaking to us. So that's why we want us all 
to dive in and get at it. Okay? I, my, my dad, as you know, some of you guys know my dad, the guy that looks like Mario from Mario Brothers. Um, he, um, he got, he got saved, or God saved him, whatever your theological persuasion is, um, back in 1978. And the way that that happened was, he was just going through life, like normal, wasn't thinking much about God. God wasn't thinking much, well, he, he didn't think God wasn't thinking much about him, right? But he clearly was. He had a plan for his life. So he ends up at a Bible study, like a lot of us ended up at, right? We end up at a Bible study and somebody's like, hey, come hear this thing. God's doing some stuff. And for some reason, this is only a testament to how God, how good God is. Because who else would show up to that? Hey, come to this Bible study. What? If you have no grid for the Bible, why would you show up? Unless God's at work. Right? So he shows up and this woman, he had all these questions. And this woman kept answering all the questions. You know what? Scripture says this. You know what? Scripture says, that's a great question, Jimmy. You know? Scripture says this. Scripture says this, and everything, every question that my dad had, and I don't believe when he shares me the story, I don't think he was being antagonistic. I just know, like many of us, man, you got a lot of questions, right? And you see someone who can handle the Word of God and say, hey, you know what, that's a great question. Why don't we open up Scripture and dive in and I'll show you. Wait a minute. How does this person know that? How do they know that? And because God's at work in their life and they've been a student of Scripture, Right? So my dad taught me early on the power of Scripture and the importance of it. And I'll be honest, I think my dad knows Scripture way better than I did. He probably even knew it way better than I did even when he was 34. But I look up to my dad in many respects because if I got something that I'm like, oh, man, I don't know what to do, I come and talk to my pops. And he can be goofy on some areas, but when it comes down to getting into Scripture, he knows. I really appreciate that. I feel really blessed that my dad is my physical dad and my spiritual father, right, that I can go to him. And I've found over the years the people that I gravitate towards and look up to in the faith, right? If I look at their life, they have this pattern. They've submitted themselves to Christ. They've submitted themselves to Scripture. They've made, they've taken the time to become disciplined in opening up Scripture and making the time to study Scripture and making the time to hear what God's speaking and then responding in prayer, okay? I'm only 34, but I want to have the ease and the wisdom that the man like my dad who's in the 60s has. I want that now. I want us to have that now. Now, I know we learn with experience, but I want us all to get at it and study Scripture and look up to people because they've spent time with God, not for anything else, right? We want to have, I want us to change what we look up to, what the, what's the bar of something that we want to pursue. The godly men and women around us who study scripture, we want to pursue them. We want to be like them, as it were. So, why do we study? I study because, candidly, I've seen the power in people's lives around me. Why do we study scripture? Right? Um, the other example is this, and this is a big one, right? Everything we talk about here is about the gospel, right? And we've seen that Jesus studied scripture. Jesus, we believe and know to be the Son of God and is God. And guess what he was submitted to? His Father and the Word. Because he knew the Word. If you look in Matthew 4, Matthew 4, and I apologize, I don't have them up on the screen, and I thought I was really on the ball, and I don't. Matthew 4, 3 through 4. Bless you. <laughs> okay, so we... We want to look to Jesus as our example for how to study Scripture and why to study Scripture, right? When Jesus was about to enter his ministry, he went off into the desert for 40 days to pray and fast 
for the ministry that God had just set him out into, right? We're about to head into 40 days, right? Where we are going to study and we're going to pray and we're going to fast, which reminds me that the portion that I forgot to mention to you at the end of our growth series, we're going to feast together and we're going to fast together, okay? Glad I remember that. So, the, here's the deal. So Matthew 4, verse 3 and 4. We see Jesus in the desert. And it says, and the, he's alone. Jesus is alone. And the tempter, who's the tempter? Satan. He came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he, Jesus, answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Okay, so Jesus, if anybody gets a pass for not sight, for knowing scripture, be God. However, he wrote it, right? And Jesus was submitted to it. And here he finds himself about to jump into this ministry that God put him on the earth for. He's now ready to dive into it. And the enemy comes along. And he starts getting at him. And he's like, hmm. And notice what's the first thing he says. If you really were the son of God, boom, an attack on Jesus' identity. We have that happen to us all the time. If you really were a Christian like you say you are, if you really were the son of God, if you really were a daughter of the king, you do this. And he comes at us and he accuses us. And he lies to us. The enemy will always be speaking lies to us or half-truths, which are just as bad. But if God really did love you, this would happen, wouldn't it? Why did that? You know what I mean? He, he does that. If he did it to Jesus, it's coming for you. It's coming for you. And Jesus puts him in his place with the power of Scripture and says, yeah, you know what, pal? We don't live on bread alone. Boom! Gives it back to him. He does that three other times. The enemy says, what about this? He responds with Scripture and he's referencing Deuteronomy while he's doing that because Jesus, Jesus was a student of Scripture. The devil tried to beat him up three times and what does it say? He left him to wait for a more opportune time. So the enemy will come after us because that which God loves, the enemy hates. And guess what? Like James said, this, this book right here is about a relationship between God our Father, the Creator, and us. And he brings us in. And he uses Scripture to speak to us. So the enemy's like, no way. I don't want them to hear that word. I don't want them to hear from you. You ever notice when you do decide to go read Scripture, it's really difficult? Right? Because guess what? The enemy knows more than we do, I think, sometimes, that there's power in here. So if he can keep us from reading this, he's done his job. He's done his job. But he knows if we start getting at it, we start reading it, things are going to change because God's got some promises in here about how the enemy's life ends, right? So he's like, uh, at least I can make people miserable and keep them from doing what God called them to do. So we need to know Scripture just like Jesus did so that when the attack does come and the tempter does come, we can say, silence. Nope, because here's what my father said about me and you ain't got nothing on me, right? So we study scripture like Jesus to put the enemy in his place. That's not the only reason, right? We also know in this, the same Psalm, Psalm 119.11 says this. Psalm 119.11, I have stored your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. So we don't sin against you. Now this is the verse, if you've grown up in the church at all, and you've been around the church for any length of time, you've heard this verse before, right? And there's cute songs about it. And we can memorize those songs. 
Sometimes the cute songs and the cute verses that we've heard so many times, the reason they were made into songs is because they pack a punch. Right? Thy word I have hidden in my heart that I may not sin against thee. Guess what? We are prone towards deviation from the cross. Right? We know that. We sing about it. I'm prone to wander. We all do that. We all do that. We need to have the word of God hidden and stored in our heart. So when that opportunity comes in to be like, hey man, you should do it. Oh man, God promised so much better for me. And if I step out in this area right now, it's going to be a mess. And yes, I know there's forgiveness. And yes, I know that. But guess what? God doesn't want us to, He doesn't want us to step into those areas. So we hide the word in our heart that we don't sin against Him to keep our focus and our eyes on Him. Right? We keep our eyes on Jesus. We keep our eyes on the Father just like how Jesus did. The other reason is this. Man, there's power in the Word. There was power in the Word. And we forget about it when we go through seasons and we're not studying Scripture and we're not submitting ourselves to it. You can see, we start to make some silly decisions, right? We don't walk in the fruit of spending time with Scripture and we end up making silly decisions. Or guess what? Here's the thing. You could be saying this to me. You know what? I haven't done anything dumb recently. I'm not that bad. And and are you reading the Scripture? Well, no, but I'm not that bad of a person. You could be right. I'll give you that. But are you thriving? Are you walking and are you living in power? Are you? See, we can't just be satisfied with like, I didn't do anything dumb, or I didn't do this, or I didn't, you know, I didn't sin. You know what I mean? Status quo? No. We want, no. Status quo? No. You hear that? (laughs) Whoops. Um, so we want the power. This is alive, okay? So, Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It's living and active. If you have experience with God, if you have experienced the power of his word, you know that it's alive. And it's active, right? Like the silly example today, like James comes up and speaks the thing that I was talking to Kirsten. I was sitting on the edge of my seat. I'm like, oh my gosh, remember when Peter said this? And then James comes up and speaks it. There's power in that. It's alive. This just isn't just an academic historical document. Sometimes we can approach it from that place too, right? This is alive. It's active. We are people of the book. If you're exploring faith and you're exploring Christianity, you need to know pretty quickly we are people of the book. We've submitted ourselves to this. Okay? We've submitted ourselves to the author of it. This is alive. It's what makes us who we are. Also this, Ephesians 6, 17. This is a really exciting one. Ephesians 6, 17. Now, I can find it. Okay, so this is where Paul's talking about the armor of God. And there's, you've heard teachings, again, if you've been around church for any length of time, you've heard teachings on what the armor of God is. I'll read through a few of them, right? Um, stand, in verse 14, Ephesians 6, verse 14, Stand firm then with the belt of truth around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition, uh, take up the shield of faith, which with you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword. Get that visual of you. You're kind of getting yourself ready for battle. You're like, I got that shield. Boom. Because those enemy, those arrows are coming. I got protection here. Right? I got this helmet on my head because the enemy's arrows are coming. 
right? As you're stepping out in the spiritual warfare, you got the helmet on, you're protected, and then you're, one of your, your biggest offensive tools is the word. It's the sword. Right? We picture like Lord of the Rings style. You know what I mean? And people turn into ashes and blow away, you know? Honestly, here's the deal. It's the offensive piece of the armor of God, the Word of God. If we aren't students of the Word, we're missing the power. We're missing the power. And we're going through the motions, and you're wondering why you're not having victory over sin. And you're wondering why you're not thriving. And you're wondering why other people around you are, and you're still stuck because you're not submitted to the Word, and you're not using the power that He's already given you. Right? We have. This is why we're doing this. We're, the reason we're going through this whole series is because we, we want to be submitted to Christ. We want all of us to grow. We want all of us to mature. We want us to thrive. We want you to be able to extinguish those fiery flame air, arrows, right? Boom! And not just feel like this, but then come back with the attack, right? We don't want to be Christians who just hover down. And they're like, this man, I'm just, how you doing, man? Ah, I'm just getting beat up, man. I'm just struggling. Yeah? Well, how much time are you spending in Scripture? Well, I'm so beat up. Well, talk to me about it. Thanks for telling me. Let's dive in together. Let's get at it. Let's pray the scriptures over you. Right? And you start to see God show up in ways you didn't think could happen. Because his word is alive and it's active and it packs a punch. It's sharp. Right? Often and over and over it's referred to as a sword. It's sharp. Okay? So that's why we want it. It's God's truth. It's God's truth. John 17, 17. When Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's praying for his disciples, he's praying and he's like, God, I got, I'm about to leave these guys. You know, these disciples have been with me. Can you please be with them? And he says, get this. It's probably on the screen already. John 17 said, this is, we got varsity over there, Dave. Um, all right. At uh, John 17, 17, saint, this is Jesus talking about the disciples, praying to the Father, sanctify them with your truth. Your word is truth. So when Jesus needs comfort and he goes to the Father and he's praying for his loved ones, his disciples, and all those who would believe, he's in there and he's saying, God, sanctify them with your truth. Your word is truth. You give, I've done, I've done what you've called me to do. Can you sanctify them with your truth? And so that's why we have the Word. The Word is truth. Right now, you might be hearing this, you might be saying, yeah, man, it's easy for you to say your dad taught you Scripture from early on, or you've been around this, or you like reading Scripture. I'll be honest with you. There's times where I'll go for a long time, and I don't and I don't have a practical time to get into Scripture. I'll just be dead honest with you. I'm not going to serve you well to stand up here and say, go do this and be like me, and blah, 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 and not tell you, guess what, man, I get beat up. And I can tell. I can tell when I'm thriving. I can tell when I'm doing well. And I know there's been seasons recently. Honestly, when I get busy, we got our sixth kid coming on the way. Work is busy. Ministry is busy. Life is busy. Right? You get all this stuff. And then you, I'm, I commit to myself. I'm going to get out of bed. And I'm going to get up before my kids get out of bed. And I'm going to study scripture. And if they get up before me, boy, I tell you, you know. And what happens? I hear those feet on the ground. Oh, man. They beat me to the punch. I'm just going to lay in bed and whine about it. You think I'm kidding? That, yeah, that happens. It happens, right? So we commit. We, that's why we're, that's why we're banging this up here, waving this banner. We want to get in this. We know that there's power in the Word. We know that there's power that God has for you. 
And we know that the enemy is going to try to do everything he can, not to mention just distract us from doing what we know is the most powerful. And that's getting in the Word. And that's spending time with the Father. So it's like all hell will break loose if you're about to crack your Bible. Right? So, but still get at it. This will be worth it. All right. So the other thing we do. These are the areas we want to grow in. Scripture, and we want to respond in prayer. We believe and know this is God's Word, right? This is God's letter. You know, people say, this is God's love letter to you. And you're like, love letter? Why is it so hard to read if it's a love letter? Right? Because He loves you. And He wants to point you in the right direction. Right? So, when God speaks to us, we don't just sit there and go, right? We listen to Him. And we respond in prayer. He wants to hear us. If my kids come into me and they start telling me all this stuff, they're like, hey, Dad, I did this, and I've done this. Like, not right now. Not right now. That's not God. That's me. That's me being overly committed to things and being busy. But when my kids come in, they say, hey, Dad, I want to talk to this. Hey, sit me down. Yeah, I got some time. And I just feel like this. They're like, Dad, what's wrong? It'd be weird, right? There's a conversation there, right? God is speaking to us with his word. When we speak back to him, we pray to him, he hears us, and he communicates back. And he will drive us to areas in scripture we didn't even know were there. I am, I'm, now, here's the thing. I know God speaks to us in other ways. Okay? I know he speaks to us in visions. I know he speaks to us in dreams. I know he can speak however he wants. I know, though, whatever he says is going to be backed up in here. He's not going to tell you to do something and that would be not congruent with what's in here. So many times people come up to me and they're like, well, God said this. I'm like, what? Back that up with scripture, man. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Not going to happen. Right? So, our natural response when God speaks is to hear it and to speak back. Right? So, again, why do we, why do we pray? After we've gotten it down, we're reading, why do we pray? Right? Again, this could be a long message. I'm talking about teaching on, in 35 or 40 minutes on studying scripture and, and praying. That's a tall order. Right? But I'm going to give you some nuggets. Alright? So, Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Go eat popcorn. You guys know that one? Okay, Philippians 4, 4 through 7. No one learns these anymore, but they got apps. Just go right through it. Okay, um, here's Paul again. Verse number 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about every, about anything, or everything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There's enough there for 14 sermons. Right? Don't be anxious about anything, but do what? Bring it to the Father. Talk to Him about that. And then what? The peace that passes understanding, right? That transcends understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. So many times, this faith experience that we have is a battle up here and in our hearts. I don't know if God likes me. I don't know if I can do it. You know, all this kind of stuff. It's a battle in your mind. There's a battle in your mind. Bring that to the Father. Get that off your chest. 
He can take it. He's big enough. I guarantee you, you won't disappoint him. And you won't shock him either, by the way, because he already knows. And he's dying to hear from you. Right? So you bring it. That's the verse that, I mean, that's the first thing that comes to my mind when I'm like, what about prayer? Don't be anxious about anything. And we're all prone towards anxiety. Right? We're all prone towards like, oh man, how about this happened? What about the people that you see this? And something disastrous happens. And you see they just, their response is, God is good. They're either nuts, or they've spent a ton of time in the Word, and they spent a ton of time with Christ. Right? You don't get that peace, that past understanding, outside of spending time with the Father. I want that for me. I want that for my family. I want that for us to walk. This whole thing on the top of the, on, on the whole idea of growing in grace is to have stability. Right? We want to be stable. We don't want our Christian walk to be like this, up and down, and one day we're fine, and something happens, someone cuts us off, or something silly like that. You know, or we don't get the job, or the girl says no, or the voice, whatever, you're always like, oh my gosh! You're like, really? That's where your faith was hanging on? Let's get stable, right? Let's get real, right? So we want to submit ourselves to Christ in prayer. Also this, um, Jesus is our example of prayer. Just like he's our example in um, reading scripture, he's our example in prayer. You see this in John 17. He prays for himself. God, I want to pray. May I glorify you. That's God, That's his prayer for himself. I want to glorify you. Do the work that you've called me to do. He prays for his disciples. I shared on that a little bit already. Pray for protection. Pray for joy. Pray that you would sanctify them. Jesus is pray- he's always, always communing with the Father. Always communing with the Father. Right? He prays for all believers that they may be one. Prays for all believers. Jesus was our example in how to pray. He's our example in to study scripture and to own it. He's our example in to always go to the Father. Right? We at Damascus Road don't want to be driven and all over the place by whatever is right here in front of us, by whatever thing that doesn't go well, by whatever thing that surprises us. We want to be stable. We want to be steady. We want to be shown faithful by studying scripture and prayer. It takes time. It takes time. You don't get the ease overnight. Right? And so here's the thing. I want to encourage you guys in this. If you've never studied Scripture that much, and this whole idea of studying Scripture is really daunting to you, can I tell you what not to do? Don't just start in Genesis. And then get to Exodus. And then get to Leviticus, where it gets really weird. I'm just being honest, right? Like this, and I don't mean, I take that back. I don't mean to be light about it. I honestly don't. I don't mean to make light about it. But those, those chunks of Scripture, those are challenging. Right? When, study something small. If only, if there was a way that like, you could have something that would kind of point you in the right direction to learn how to study scripture. Like, if someone took some verses and chunked them out for you to read in bite-sized portions, you know, that might be really nice. Like this! You see that? Salesman. I'm a salesman. I'm not joking though. Here's the deal. I know what someone says, man, how are you reading scripture? Here we go. Now you're going to condemn me because you're so great and you've been studying scripture. Just because I can't pronounce Leviticus. You know what I mean? Like, it can be daunting. Let's be real. And I just share with you, I literally have gone, I've gone for a month or two where this is the only time, I'm being 100% honest with you, where the time I open it up is have to teach something. That's embarrassing. Right? But what happens to us, we go through these times where life happens and we get busy. Let that not be the case though. Right? 
Let that not be the case. Let it be that we know that there's God's words in there for us and we submit ourselves to it. So start with something small. I brought props today and I never do that because I think people that bring props are weird. But I'm going to show you anyway. Yeah. Alright, so what I have here, these are my journals from the last few years. I got this hippie one, uh, that's leather bound, and then I got these black ones, right? And if you look through these journals, you'd see what I'm studying, right? You'd see that my kids get at it sometimes too, or maybe I did that, um, for them, right? You'll see what, these, if you read through these journals, this is where I put, this is where I, I put my thoughts down when I'm studying something, I'm, I'm always, not always, but when I'm studying scripture, I got a journal right next to me. Okay? And I'm reading something, I write down, you know, 1 Timothy 3. Write that down. You know? And I also write down in my journal, people that I'm praying for, things that I'm praying for, things that I'm upset about, things that aren't going well. You'll probably find more about that in here than, than the praises. Honestly, how many times you pray for something? You're like, God, please show up. God, please show up. God, please show up. He shows up. You're like, thanks, yeah. You know? <laughs> So, if you look through these, these Bible, or these, uh, journals, it would read like a psalm. Up and down. But the reason I wanted to bring this up to you is I was going through this before I knew I was gonna teach. And I was reading in these, some of these journals from stuff that I'd written years ago. Years ago. People's names on there I'm praying for. Things I'm praying for, for my family. Things I'm praying for in my business. Things I'm praying for. All that kind of stuff. I'm just giving you the real stuff. And then I see, in two journals later, that God had answered it above and beyond my wildest dreams. No joke. No joke. So for me, sometimes if you get in, stuck in a rut, you're like, how am I going to get out? Know that you can get past it. Know that God has already equipped you with the grace to get you out of that through His Holy Spirit, and He wants you to grow. Right? So I bring these with you to show you. This is an easy This is how I do it. Right? I have probably read First and Second Timothy a hundred times, and I can't remember the last time I even opened up my Bible to the book of Ezekiel. I'm just being real. Right? But the stuff that I'm prone to, so you should have a plan. My plan's not that great. I, you know, I, I, I read what's on my heart, and oftentimes it looks like Ephesians. I dive into Hebrews. I dive into Timothy. I dive into John. I start with the Gospels. I'll read the Gospels over and over and over. So if you do nothing else other than dive into the Gospel of John, right, in addition to what we're walking you through in this series, that's a great place to start. That's a great place to start. There should be no reason for you not to be able to dive into Scripture because it's too daunting. You can read stuff like 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, 1 and 2 Peter. Those, those, those things aren't that daunting. Some of the Old Testament stuff, I'll be honest, when James speaks, when James gets up here and he, and I go to James's house and I go in his basement, and I see wall after wall of all these commentaries and all these books that, I mean, I'm just like, oh, man, this is crazy. This is crazy. I didn't even know this stuff existed. Nor would I, and I fall asleep looking at it. I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, you want to read those? I'm just being honest. But this is why the body's so good, right? God uses different people different ways to serve the body in different ways, right? So, so he likes that. And, and I'm glad because he can help me. And there's areas that I can read and I understand and there's areas in my walk that I get that James needs me for, right? So we need each other. We talk about all the time about studying and learning in community. There's things that all of us, we're not all good at everything. That's why we're the body, right? So do it in community. Study and pray in community. And and just just have fun with it and own where you're at. Own where you're at. Just say, hey, here's where I'm at right now. But I want to grow. 
I want to go deeper. Let's do that and get at, and, and get at it. What would it look like? What am I, I, I get excited about this. What are my journals going to look like, you know, in 2020? Because they're probably not going to say that my kids woke me up out of bed, hopefully at that point. I was reading this one from 2008 and I'm writing the same stuff I'm writing about right now. I'm like, oh God, I was trying to get into scripture and Caleb keeps getting out of bed. Caleb's 10 now. And the kids keep getting out of bed and come snuggling in bed with me. And I'm like, that's awesome that you want to hang out with me, but I was just about to go read my Bible, right? So that should be no excuse though that it's difficult. That's been going on for year after year. So guess what? Who's that on? Is that on my kids or is that on me? It's on me, man. Go eat, go read your Bible during lunch. Do something different, right? Like don't let whatever ri- perfect rhythm that you think you should have be, or what somebody else tells. Like I'm just giving you my example, right? Find a rhythm that works well for you and dive into it, right? This thing just keeps shrinking to all these, my gosh. <laughs> what the heck? Um, so as we close and we're about to go into a time of worship again, Okay, I don't want this to happen. I don't want. I, I was trying to be honest with you as much as I could, so in an effort to encourage you, right? I, I don't. I don't. You know, have this false belief system that you think really highly of me, anyways. But you know, I don't. I don't. You know, sometimes people who stand up here and preach, you think, oh man, I bet they got that down. No way, man. No way. We're all in this together, right? And so, if my encouragement to you can be, this is hard, but it's worthwhile and it's worth doing. I hope you can walk away and be like, yeah, I want to get in it. I want to get in it. And what's it going to look like for us as a body if we all do it together? If we all start to experience the power of Scripture? If we all start to experience the power of His Word and we're equipped with the sword to fight when the attack comes, right? It will look different. We will have, we'll walk with more grace. We won't pursue anxiety. We'll be more stable. We won't be up and down. But we have to do it. And I hope it doesn't come as a heavy hand, as more of a like, hey, we can do it, right? Like, we can get at it. We can study it together. God's so good to us for have given this to us. He's not a silent God. He's not a silent God, and he's still speaking. So, as we transition into worship, you have a chance to respond, right? We're going to sing some songs, and also we're going to take communion together, right? If you believe in who Jesus is and what he's done for you, we invite you to take communion with us. Come up there. And as you, this is what I do. I'll be asking you guys on this one, too. When I come up here and I grab the communion, I grab my family together. And I, I put my arms around them and I say, God, would you be real to us? I mean, I do it every week, right? Would you do, So do that with your family if you can. Say, hey, God, I want to be closer with you. If there's things you need to repent of, repent of those. If there's things that you want to, you know, like just do it. Don't be scared of it, right? And so we're going to have a time of wor- worship and communion. And if you need prayer, if you want to pray with somebody, there will be people over here to my left that you can pray with, who want to encourage you and love on you. And uh, just remember this. God is speaking. He wants to hear from you. Amen? All right. Let's pray. God, thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you are alive and that you've given us your word and that you're speaking to us because you love us. God, I pray that your word would be in our hearts and that we would desire to, to come to you boldly and to speak to you and to hear from you, God. I pray, Lord, that we could be a church that doesn't just talk about reading Scripture, but that we would actually do it. I pray that we would be a church that doesn't uh, get thrown about by the wind of the waves and any little thing that comes up, but that we would be stable and rooted in who you are and what you call us to be. I pray that you administer to us now as we head into a time of honoring you and worshiping songs. In Jesus' name, amen.